Welcome to this episode of the Wharton FinTech Podcast. My name is Caroline Kremer, and today we're thrilled to have Tom Fortin on the podcast. Tom is the COO of iCapital Network. iCapital Network is a financial technology platform that simplifies access to alternative investments for financial advisors and their clients. iCapital's platform allows members to access, research, and invest in private investments, namely private equity and hedge funds. Earlier this year, iCapital raised a round of funding from a group of strategic investors, including Blackstone, J.P. Morgan, BlackRock, Credit Suisse, Morgan Stanley, UBS, and Carlyle. And today we're thrilled to uh, speak with Tom about his work at iCapital. So, Tom, thanks for, for being on the podcast today. Thank you very much for having me. So, I'd love to start off with um, a bit of uh, overview of your background and how you've transitioned um, from uh, established company to to building a real uh, new innovative platform at iCapital. Okay, so uh, th- my background uh, has always been in technology. Uh, uh, graduated with a logical engineering degree and quickly moved into financial technology, supporting uh, trading desks at large global banks. Uh, around 2001, I joined BlackRock in the BlackRock Solutions division. Uh, as BlackRock was uh, modifying its internally developed system, Aladdin, uh, and beginning to sell that to other large financial institutions. I spent 16 years at BlackRock uh, managing the Aladdin platform uh, through its uh, development as an internally built software platform to building, being a uh, global enterprise platform for many different organizations, uh, as well as leading uh, the integration efforts when BlackRock bought Merrill Lynch Investment Managers and BGI, uh, my last few years, which create a digital wealth uh, retail technology function within BlackRock to bring the best and important aspects of data and technology to distributing uh, BlackRock's products through the retail channels. After uh, a couple of years, uh, part of my job was also to search out uh, new fintechs to uh, invest in. One of them was iCapital. Uh, and then at the end of 2016, early 2017, I made a decision that I wanted to go back to my entrepreneurial roots uh, and uh, ended up joining iCapital as the COO. Fantastic. Um, and what attracted you to iCapital, really, about the your background in both finance and technology? Can you talk a bit about how iCapital is innovating on both ends of the, the finance and technology spectrum of, of fintech? Sure. Uh, iCapital was attractive uh, first and foremost because it was tapping into a, a, a very underserved market. Uh, if you think about the, the, the basic problem statement in the high net worth alternatives industry, uh, it starts with the GPs, the, the Carlisles, the Blackstones. They've developed their entire company around institutional investment. So they may raise multiple billions of dollars, but only have a handful of investors who are investing $500 million, a billion dollars at, at a uh, shot into those funds. So they, they end up with maybe a dozen, two dozen large investors in their funds. For them to tap into uh, the high net worth space, they would need to build out their capabilities for handling hundreds of investors, many of which move, uh, invest through uh, financial advisors. 
uh, and their operation teams and technologies are not oriented to supporting hundreds and potentially a thousand investors into a fund. On the other side are the advisors and the big distributors, uh, which have a few different problems. Uh, the first is with the large firms, the wirehouses, who have invested very little technology in both the client and advisor experiences to ease the challenges of the paperwork associated with onboarding and buying into an alternative fund. Offering materials can be hundreds of pages. Subscription documents, which are legal contracts for all intents and purposes, can be dozens and dozens of pages of legalese that require a lot of thought and a lot of engagement to fill it out correctly. This has typically been done manually. It's been done via FedEx envelopes going back and forth between advisors and clients. And the experience for both the advisors and the clients is quite poor. That's if you even have access to funds. If you're a smaller RIA uh, that maybe has broken out of one of the larger wirehouses, you, in fact, have no access to funds because the, the Blackstones and the Carlisles of the world are selling into larger pools of advisors, not two-person, ten-person RIAs. So what we've been trying to do is solve the industry problem of connecting GPs and the advisors in a highly efficient technology-enabled environment through our platform that allows both sides to achieve much greater uh, scale and much greater flows and alternatives in what is a very high-demand area. iCapital, particularly uh, for me, was interesting because I have seen a lot of fintechs uh, over the last couple of years. And one of the interesting things about the success of individual fintechs is the alignment of their business model with the rest of the industry. When the fintech becomes disruptive in an industry ecosystem, which many of them are, what you see is typically that somebody in the existing e ecosystem is losing. They might be, lo might be seeing price compression. They might be losing business. They might be being disintermediated from their end clients, and that also always creates some headwinds in trying to get traction and really building a, a large-scale business quickly. With the iCapital business, it's truly a win-win-win for everybody involved. So the alignment is there. The GPs want to access high net worth advisors and individuals. The uh, distributors, wealth managers want more access to uh, to private funds in a simple, uh, easy-to-use way, and, and, and investors need private funds and want private funds in their portfolios. So when you have this win-win-win, you have tailwinds that create a very positive dynamic to moving a good idea like iCapital forward very, very quickly. I'm uh, familiar with what uh, you're saying uh, in terms of how much paperwork and how much antiquated technology is involved in subscribing to any investment fund. Uh, I wanted to understand a little bit more about um, sort of the state of technology and large institutions. I know that iCapital has, um, you know, a sort of a white label platform for, for banks and investment firms um, to really improve what um, the back end of any investment function uh, and any GPLP relationship might look like. What are some of the opportunities and challenges with this line of business, and what is it like to um, approach a large established institution with a very new technology platform? Yeah, that's a great question. I think 
the the banks have as it were one of the earliest uh, organizations to dive into uh, desktop technologies and uh, computer processing way back in the 80s and they built gigantic systems uh, in the 80s and 90s uh, to be their core data processing engines, their core accounting engines, their core client management systems. And these systems were so important to the bank that, and are so important to the bank, that they have become legacy systems, which by definition are systems that are really, really important that everyone's afraid to change because nobody really knows how it works. Uh, so there's very little uh, appetite to change core systems. So what the banks are looking for are new technologies that can plug in around those core systems, those legacy systems, so that they can evolve their client experiences in a way that the rest of the world is moving. The banks are, are saddled with hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands, of legacy systems that are very difficult to, to uh, have communicate amongst each other. So when we are being introduced inside of these large organizations, we've built a model that makes the iCapital implementation very lightweight, which means that we're not trying to deeply integrate into the existing systems, but on a very lightweight data exchange methodology, and we'll take anything that the client, that the advisors, excuse me, We'll take anything that the banks give us in terms of data files uh, to load into our system to, to pre-populate information and then send the information that we generate downstream back into those legacy systems. So the implementation timeframes for large enterprise-wide systems can many times take one year up to two years. With iCapital, we take generally three to six months because we're very focused on making the implementation very lightweight and easy for the bank to understand without disrupting the existing uh, technical architecture. That makes sense. Um, one of the things that you mentioned was about, um, and, and, and that relates also to your background, is um, how do we get more data from the existing, um, uh, or from our existing portfolios and also from um, uh, from from the marketplace in general, uh, given that your your focus is on private investments where um, things are not marked to market and there's not um, much public information around valuation and uh, investment size, et cetera, how um, how is iCapital changing how we might traditionally think about data and and private investments specifically within uh, private equity and hedge fund portfolios? So we're very much. Uh, believers in transparency, transparency in all aspects of the process of onboarding clients, of presenting information, uh, and of servicing the, the assets that we are uh, responsible for. So this industry struggles with major areas of opacity. The first and foremost is the fact that every fund presents its information differently. And we're very focused on presenting advisors with a consistent way of evaluating each fund next to each other. So while we might not make up any of the content, we were at least organizing the presentation materials and the private placement memorandums in such a way that an advisor can look at fund A to fund B to fund C and understand the strategy easily, understand the mission of the fund, understand the fees, 
associated with that fund so they can better evaluate each fund next to each other on an apples-to-apples -apples basis. The second way we're trying to create transparency is really in the operational onboarding of a client through the subscription process to the point of which the client is admitted into the fund is generally a very opaque process where the advisor will submit the subscription documents to administrators and they don't really know what's going on with the document until they get final notice, potentially weeks if not a month later. So we've created a, a very transparent environment online that creates a real-time connection between the administrator, iCapital, and the advisor, and even the GP, so everyone sees everything going on instantaneously uh, with the onboarding. And then finally, within client servicing, uh, many advisors struggle to collect all of the documents, the data, the quarterly updates, uh, and such associated with the funds into one place. Um, any advisors who are most active in private funds generally need to log on to five or ten different websites, whether they're GP websites or administrator websites or tax preparer websites, to collect the documents to even begin understanding the totality of their client's portfolio. And we consolidate all of that into a document portal uh, for all of the iCapital uh, overseeing funds, which gives the advisor one place to go to get that information to answer questions for the client. The next generation of this is to take the underlying raw data from the administrators of not just expenses, fees, and P&L, but also the underlying portfolio companies in private funds, understanding which sector they're in, what their geographical breakdown is, what part of the uh, uh, hierarchy in the capital structure of these securities may lie, and then begin consolidating this information across the fund so that a client doesn't think, I own five private equity funds. They think, I own five private equity funds. Two might be growth equity, one might be private credit, another one might be buyout. Interesting, more interesting is what percentage of my total five funds have exposure to the U.S. or to China or to the United Kingdom? And more importantly, how much of my portfolio is oriented around technology or pharmaceuticals or consumer cyclicals? This type of information has been available for public securities for decades and is so hard to get and consolidated for private funds and we believe we can bring that level of transparency to help advisors and the clients understand the risks, both intended and unintended, that they're taking in their portfolios. So that level of transparency will help this, the entire industry grow and become more comfortable with putting these types of funds into client portfolios. And to that end, there's many other um sort of emerging platforms that are looking to bring alternative investments to high net wealth or you know, qualified investors. Clearly, iCapital has the – it's not just the access, but it's also the technology platform that's really changing how both the GPs and the advisors think about um, the data and, and bringing access to um, uh, for, for new investors to the platform. How do you think about other aggregators or secondary marketplaces for employee shares? Um, how do you think about some of these competitive, uh, this competitive landscape, given that there are other um, 
players in this in this sort of sub-vertical of asset management in fintech? And how do you see iCapital's um, value proposition as as maybe similar or different to, to others you might encounter? Yes, I think when when I think about iCapital relative to competitors, I think we're one of the few, if not the only, uh, provider in this space that is trying to solve the complete end-to-end problem in the industry. It is many of the competitors we have are product companies that have and are building feeder funds for the high net worth and selling them, but they don't really have technology. Some of the other competitors we have have good technology, but they do not have the relationships with the GPs or distributors and hence are looked at as a technology-only solution and not a technology and product provider. Uh, What we are focused on is solving the end-to-end of product origination and structuring of distribution, of education of the ecosystem, of client onboarding and servicing. That is the end-to-end turnkey solution for an RIA or even a distributor that is looking for uh, a, a product such as ours. So when I, when I look at how we began our business, it started with, look, with the goal of solving the problem end-to-end, which in itself will, would always have been a larger uh, challenge than just focusing on technology or just focusing on product. But we were playing the long game. And by focusing on education and building the ecosystem, we have begun to see the benefits of being thought of as a thought leader and as a provider of the the total solution to our clients, not just components of it. Because many of the clients we have have all of the problems. Some of them have some of the challenges. They might be able to source their own funds, but they don't have the onboarding and technology associated to, to really create the scale. So we've built a capability to meet the needs of the the ecosystem beyond what uh, most have focused on, which are just portions of uh, the entire problem set. And when you think about your experience at iCapital um, to date and and sort of the end-to-end solution you spoke about and also knowing that your end users are both individuals, advisors, and GPs, what's been sort of the, the hardest problem you've had to solve or the, the most challenging part of that um, complete solution that iCapital is trying to bring to many different stakeholders? I think the, the, the biggest challenge is not the, the will or the desire of the GPs to embrace technology and the platform. It's not the will and the desire of the distributors it actually ends up being the service providers, the administrators, the transfer agents, the custodians, who are all very, very important pieces to this ecosystem, who themselves are struggling even more than the banks with technology, particularly in alternatives. Many of them have built systems over decades that are mutual fund oriented, that are not automated, that do not know how to extract information or that information is residing across multiple systems. So when we are trying to create a fully end-to-end automated capability, we cannot do it without engaging with these service providers. And if and they all, to, a, to an organization, struggle with high-scale electronic connectivity, 
with the quality of the data and with their understanding of alternatives, which many of these organizations want to make a private equity fund look like a mutual fund because that's what their systems do. Or they want to make a hedge fund look like a mutual fund because that's what their systems do. And that creates just long-term challenges to creating as much scale and the best user experience possible. I understand what you're saying. Um, prior to, to Wharton, um, I worked at an investment advisory firm in which sometimes we would have to um, send documents to administrators via fax. So it wasn't even a question of Internet connectivity. It was a pure fax line. Um, and and I, I completely see the um, where, where iCapital fits into the entire um, spectrum uh, of, of, of actors in this ecosystem. Um, I would think that, um, you know, I know that private investments are, are riding the valuation waves that all global asset classes are right now, or at least, you know, until um, earlier this year. How do you think about um, your customers and the global appetite for alternatives um, in the event of a sustained market drawdown? Yeah, I think private funds uh, present uh, a unique and very important part of uh, behind that worth portfolio because the, the, the world has clearly made a very strong push into, into passive funds. And active managers and active uh, fund managers are struggling incredibly to create alpha out of those products. So high net worth investors who want alpha have very few places to go other than in the private markets. Companies are staying longer private. Companies with the highest upside are private with huge access to, to uh, capital. And those that do go into the public uh, through an IPO are generally those that have squeezed out most of the upside in their, their long-term value. So investors need access to private funds. Investors need access to that alpha that can be created. And the long-term trend, the secular trends, will always favor the private funds as long as capital is available for companies to stay private as long as possible. Relative to long-term market downturns, this is actually even more important because it, many of these private equity funds, their capital is locked up for 10 years, potentially as long as 15 years, and there are a lot of positives around that. These, the private companies don't face the same pressures for quarterly, state, quarterly earnings reports that their public counterparts do, and the fact that the, your money is locked up uh, for all intents and purposes helps the, the investors think long-term, not short-term, to not panic when there's a short-term short market downturn, and to be able to look at the investments that they've made across the spectrum with the, the appropriate time horizons. Human nature is to react instantly when they see a downturn, and private funds actually help you resist the urge to sell, sell, sell when a market is in a uh, moving towards correction territory. And um, just to, to sort of think about wrapping up here, um, I, I wanted to ask about um, your latest fundraising round. You raised, as I mentioned before, from a number of strategic um, investors in, in the space and wanted to know um, where you think the company is going next and what you hope to accomplish with such a deep um, bench of both uh, alternative investment and uh, and bank investors um, as 
as LPs, as, as sorry, as investors in in uh, in iCapital today. So, one of the common themes we hear from our client base, whether they're GPs or distributors, is that they've all been trying to solve the the problem of scale with high net worth investors for years, if not decades. And what we've been able to build is, to the most part, a solution to that, of connecting both sides of the of the community between GPs and distributors to make this a much more efficient environment for them and to increase flows without increasing staff. So the, the capital that we're raising is entirely towards allowing iCapital to become the industry utility for all high net worth alternative distribution. These firms shouldn't need to build these utilities. This is why they, for decades, organizations have outsourced custody, outsourced fund accounting, outsourced transfer agency, because these are not core competencies for many of these firms. The GPs should are looking at this as an outsource of a core, of a capability that allows them to focus more on product creation and returns, and the distributors are looking at this for creating a better client experience and for removing the need for them to build their own operational staff in a linear fashion as their business grows. They both want this to grow, but they both have had struggles building the technology and the scale. And the technology and the scale is not going to be the competitive advantage. The competitive advantage would be great products and great client service. We just want to be the engine behind that. I like that way of of thinking about it as a utility for the industry and, and helpful to to sort of have an illustration of of how it really fits across um, any many of the end users and, and players in this space, where um, often people who haven't worked in the industry might not be familiar with just exactly how much goes into uh, raising one fund and getting the investors to subscribe. So. Um, thanks, Tom, for such a great conversation, and we really enjoyed having you on the podcast today. Thank you very much.